Hello and welcome to the August 2022 episode of The Seagull. The Seagull is the place to stay up to date on everything you need to know about the 102nd Intelligence Wing at Otis Air National Guard Base, right here from beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm Tim Sandlin from Public Affairs and I will get you up to speed on what's going on here at the Wing. This month's show features an interview with Rodney Norman, an inspiring comedian and former U.S. Marine. Rodney talks about his path to social media stardom and some of the life lessons that the service imparted on him that he uses in daily life. Later, we will get a clip from this month's Chevrons. But first, in this month's command message, we hear from Colonel Sean Riley, commander of the 102nd Intelligence Wing. Colonel Riley shares his thoughts regarding his line of effort to establish the 102nd as a unit of choice and the intention to continue developing the wing as a high-performing organization. Greetings, I'm Colonel Sean Riley, commander of the 102nd Intelligence Wing, and it is my privilege to deliver this month's command message. For August, I would like to talk about my line of effort to establish the 102nd as a unit of choice. The intent of this LOE is to continue developing the wing as a high-performing organization, a unit that people are actively seeking to join and continue serving with long after they have. So what makes organizations high-performing? Well, we can look at the wing in comparison to a football team to help define some of the factors that drive organizational performance. A high-performing football team starts with coaching. At the wing, we would look at our leadership. Are we looking at the big picture? And are we considering what's going to happen in the future? Next is player talent. For the 102nd, do we have a diverse and inclusive population that we can draw from? What's Sunday's game plan? How do we win the game? At the wing, are we trained to perform both our state and federal missions? Player health. What is the culture of our wing? Does everyone feel like they can participate? And finally, utilization of players. How well do we employ our squadrons, flights, and shops to get the mission done? So based on an understanding of these factors, we need to start measuring how well does the 102nd practice psychological safety, the shared belief that other members of the unit will not dismiss or embarrass someone for speaking up and sharing their ideas. According to a 2017 Gallup poll, over 30% of employees felt that their ideas did not count in the workplace. Do we truly embrace airman development, investing in all members of the wing, focusing on leadership skills in addition to core AFSC requirements so we can build the future leaders that are needed to serve at the wing, state, and national levels? And finally, are we encouraging process improvement at all levels of the organization, from newly assigned airmen just returning from three-level training to our Title V and state employees and managers, supervisors, and leaders at all levels. It's really okay to fail fast, take what we have learned, and avoid making the same mistake in the future. Ensure, ensuring we focus on what it takes to be a high-performing organization, the right culture, investing in our people, and continuing to innovate and improve will ensure we are a unit of choice and allow us to attract and retain high-caliber airmen remaining ready, reliable, and relevant in the future. 
Well, there's still a few more weeks of summer, so stay healthy and safe and try to find some time to relax with family and friends. Looking ahead, the Eagle's Nest will have their barbecue and bands event on Saturday of the August drill. Family Day is back and is scheduled for Sunday of the September drill, and our military ball is Saturday of the November drill. Thank you and take care. Next up, we proudly present a very special interview. Join Technical Sergeant Jay Whitaker and I as we sit down with social media sensation Rodney Norman. You may have seen Rodney before. He is a comedian, philosopher, and self-identified joy sparker. And beyond all that, he is also a former United States Marine. We got to spend some time with Rodney and learn how he uses his military experience to achieve and maintain a positive and uplifting life. We are here in studio. I got, I got Tim. Hey. And this is uh, Tech Sergeant Jay Whitaker. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here with a good friend. This is, this is a very, this is a very fun day for us, Tim. A very fortuitous day. Yeah, because we, we were in the office. We, we were in the office, and you came in very excited. You came out. Of this your is office. like what, like a couple few weeks ago. Yeah, and you. So, so, so I, I was running across Instagram, and, and uh, a very funny and uh, inspiring gentleman popped in my feed on Instagram, and I was like, hey, check this guy out, and he's fantastic, been sharing him with all my friends and family, and uh, you said... I was like, oh, that's, that's Rodney. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I was like, yeah, that's Rodney. I know him. And then, you know Rodney. <laughs> yeah, I know Rodney. I was like, he's a great, he's a great comedian. I know, I know him from my time in Utah, and, uh, and I was like... Maybe we could probably get him on on the show. That I know he has a military background. Maybe we could. I'll, let me let me let me holler at him real quick, and then <laughs> and then as it were to turn out, um, Rodney, you you've got a gig up here in Mashpee. Yeah, tonight. Like really? <laughs> as, so, I mean, I just want to introduce you, Rodney Norman. Uh, thanks for coming on. Well, it is an absolute honor and a privilege to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Yes, when I got the message from Jay, I was like, oh, wow, hey, Jay's still talking to me? <laughs> Listen. This is awesome. Don't go there. Don't go there. You're the one, you're the one that blew up and got TikTok famous. You you got like what? Yeah. You got TikTok famous, Instagram famous, Facebook famous, you, like for those who are who are not familiar with Rodney, he, he's all over social media. You might see him in the background of a desert or a salt flat or a <laughs> snowbank, and just giving you some uplifting messages to just get yes. you through the day. And and the last time I think the last time we we were together was uh, Denver. We were at the Denver oh, Comedy yeah, yeah, yeah Denver yeah. Comedy Works last year. So the yeah, dry bar. Was, show, yeah, the yeah. dry bar show. Yes, and also he is he's got a dry bar special. Please watch it and stream it. You know. And mm -hmm. uh, check that out. But, uh, yeah, this this happened to just be, for those who don't know, uh, Rodney and I go way back at least uh, since before before I. I think my first, uh, the, the, uh, I, I remember we opened for Patrice O'Neill. Yep, together. yeah, that, Patrice O'Neill, a great Boston comedian, uh, rest in peace. If you, if you know Boston comedy, you have to know Patrice O'Neill. And, uh, yeah, that was like our first time working together. I was like six months in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no jokes. I I hadn't I had nothing. I was just hosted and you got a, I I went up there and did some something lame and then you, I was like, "Oh, I should just quit." And then <laughs> <laughs> and then you go up and just light it up and I was like, "All right, well, I I don't know what I'm doing anymore." But uh you you've always uh 
honestly, and I and I mean this, uh, when I started out uh, doing stand up, I was, I, I'm, I'm in the Air Force. I'm now doing comedy, and then I meet you, who have, you have a background in the Marines, mm-hmm. and you know you would always. You know, kind of jab me for not being a marine, but it's you know, <laughs> hey, I, I got flat feet, I got potato feet, Roddy. What what what, hey, what, yeah. what am I gonna hey, do? Marine Corps, we can't take everybody. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but um, you know, you kind of like, kind of coached me. You kind of in for those who don't know, he's he's uh, when we're in Utah together, he's kind of like a godfather of comedy there. You know, you 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 are. A, a guide. I have I have my moments. Yeah, you are a guide though, and and, and a great mentor in mm-hmm. that aspect. And you kind of helped me understand working in military type material, as well as just uh, navigating being. A, a yeah, comedian. how to how to make your material so the civilians right know, know what you're talking about. Because yeah, you could be up there and be like, yeah, uh, so my AFSC is this, and you know, like <laughs> I'm working on track 170s my whole career. You know, like no one's going to understand that, but sometimes you have to break it down, and so you you yeah, kind of help yeah. me with uh, explain that jargon but you know I, w- when Tim came in very excited uh, about just your content that you've been putting out and you know we, we speak about the, the mission that we have here at the Intel wing uh, it, it we have a lot of people in this in, in this wing that are were very overworked you know yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, um, stressful it's a stressful posi- uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stressful, stressful job. Just stressful even being in the military, you know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stressors uh, involved with uh, military service. But then you take the individual jobs and it can ratchet up a little bit. So, um, you know, one of the things that we try to do around here is uh, is bolster uh, resiliency. And, and uh, you know, that, so that's always in the forefront of my mind. And l- like, I, like I started in the open, you know, when I saw your content, I'm like, this guy. It's just, it's, it's a ray of sunshine, you know, and uh, uh-huh. I look forward to the, to the posts because it just makes my day. If right. I'm having a down day, it makes my day. If I'm having an up day, it just makes it even better. Oh, thank you. It, so, it, it, well, it is, it's, it's fun. It's been fun to watch. Cause I, I, I remember sitting, uh, t- turn off your phone. Really? Oh, I'm so sorry. Really? Really? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyways, no. I'm one of those people. Yeah, you're one of those people that can't get away. He's, he's already getting his book and his next gig right now. But um, when I came across your c- content, I, it, it was just hysterical because a lot of people were at home quarantined due to COVID. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, you know, could you talk about, just speak on, on like, where where you started to pivot, just understanding social media, understanding um just going into that positive phase of your life, you know, where, where you wanted to reach others. Yeah. Well, you know, I, like, like anything, especially, you know, one thing I learned, uh, and everyone should learn in the military mm-hmm. was that, uh, adapt and overcome. Yeah. You know, if the you know, one Avenue approach isn't working, there's always others and just keeping yourself, you know, uh, flexible. Yeah. Semper Gumby. Semper Gumby. Right. Exactly. Right. Always is looking for, other options, you right. know, and so when, yeah, when the, when the, the big C word showed up and everything closed down, I had, I had booked up probably one of the best, um, years of comedy oh, that I had dates. coming. I mean, I was booked almost every weekend That's awesome. for several, several months out. I mean, I was, it was, things were really starting to happen and then it comes along and just shuts down everything mm. as you all are aware. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sitting there at home, nothing to do, and uh, I just thought, well, everybody's online right now. Yeah. 
there's an audience, and I, this was a character I'd been working on anyway. Right. And I thought, let's just lean into it. Let's start having some yeah. fun. And so, because, you know, everybody at the time, every, <coughs> every comedian or <coughs> podcast or everything, everybody was just so negative. And, yeah. you know, everybody was doing angry posts. and Right. No was, toilet paper. Yes. It was just, yeah. yeah. We're just, everybody just, and I thought, I'm just going the other direction right I'm just yeah. there's no reason for us to be all upset this isn't the end of the world yeah we all wanted it to be yeah, right <laughs> but it wasn't right and i knew it i was like this is this is going to come and go like everything yeah. else we're going to be down 10 years and we're all going to sit back and wonder why we were so upset right and so i was like that's i'm going to start having some fun with this yeah and so i just i started making the videos and again one one thing i learned you know like uh, i tell people in comedy don't worry about the audience. Just mm. make yourself laugh. Make mm-hmm. be your be your be your own audience. Right. And if it makes you laugh, and you can get up there in front of a group of people, and make them laugh, because you're laughing. That's it. That's what it is. You're yeah. not there to relate to them. You're there to get them to relate to you and your experience. Exactly. You know? And so I carried that over into the videos, and 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 really, when I'm making a video. I think of just one person. I'm just making it for one person. Hmm. Oh, that's smart. You know, and and that person, I whatever it is, I think that they're going through. I try to find what's the message I want to share with that person, hmm. and that's a, that's the whole focus when I make a video. It's just that one person who needs to hear this message. Could you make the next one for me? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it and it's been is it, it's just been a lot of fun doing yeah. it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my hair uh, just knocked it just knocked off I, I uh, the headphones that's right they're government issues yeah so they're, they're all right. uh speaking you, of you government did say he's a marine right yeah <laughs> speaking of some government crayons issue, if yes. that'll make you oh. feel better oh there we go there we go <laughs> so you open orange. that you open that door tim now it happens <laughs> now now i'm gonna have to take all the slander yes now. yes <laughs> while we're at it orange is my favorite Flavor, oh, fantastic! Okay, of, of crayon. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll stock up for <laughs> oh next time. My goodness. So, all right. So, t- uh, could you tell us about your time in the Marine Corps? Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> well, okay. First of all, I didn't know anything about the military. Well, so you I, just, you, I had I had an uncle who had been in the Marine Corps yeah. in Vietnam, and he never talked about it. He wanted nothing to do with I it. I see. And so, and then I had an uncle, a great uncle, who would who had fought World War Two, who was a Marine. Mm-hmm. And highly decorated, and but no, he died just after he came back. I see. So I, d- I didn't really know anybody who had been in the military. Um, so what I knew about the military was from what I got from watching Mash. Oh, <laughs> you know, and so I, I had no idea yeah. what was going on. But I, I go and when did you join? Or uh, how old were you? I went in. I was 21 years old. Okay. I joined in uh, January of 91, right. which was the first Gulf War, Desert Storm. I joined because of that. Mm. I thought, well, I don't want to get, I, I just, you know, I felt this was my duty, you know. Sure. I'm, sure. I joined. And uh, like I said, I, I had no idea. And the thing is, is the, the whole war uh, started and ended the same week I joined boot camp. <laughs> So it was like it was started and it was over. I was okay. Well, now what do I do? Can I go home now? <laughs> well, this this military thing is going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I was I was literally in the military at, at a time when our enemies didn't shoot back. Yeah. Mm, right. You know. I mean, uh, wow. It, it was cr- it was insane. 
And, but no, but you go into boot camp and, you know, I just kind of looked at it like I was in, in a movie. Sure. You know, because before you go to boot camp, you go and watch all the, you know, Absolutely. Heartbreak Ridge and uh, Biloxi Blues, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, we were talking about Biloxi Blues the other day. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Full Metal Jacket. That's of course the, that's you got yeah, it. For, for Marines. And, and so you're expecting this, you know, this horrible, you know, hard experience. I can get there. The, probably the, the most difficult thing for me was to keep from laughing <laughs> because it was just such a surreal experience, you know. <laughs> right. You know, just this whole, that this one man is in control of all of us and we have to do exactly what he says, no matter how ridiculous it is. And the more ridiculous they could come up with, they would do it to, you know. Yeah, I mean, what, what, like what, take us through this ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I forget. You guys, Air Force, you guys are like, it's like uh, scout camp for you guys. <laughs> I forget about that. Here we go. Here we go. But no, like they yell and scream at you like constantly, you know. And it, and it, it, it's interesting to me because they're con- the idea behind boot camp is that they completely stress you out all the time. Yeah. And the reason they do that is to get you so comfortable with being stressed out that you're never stressed out. Right. Is that you're just the, the 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 chaos and the confusion going on. Yeah, I remember that. The, the the when we got dropped into our actual you know first. Uh, uh, Unit, uh, you know, we, we go in and we meet our, because you, when you first get in there, that's like uh, transitionary yeah. ones, and then you get dropped to your actual uh, company. And, you know, when they come out, the drone starters come out, they're yelling and screaming, they're pulling your stuff, they're throwing it, you know, we're all getting on our bunks, and then they're putting our stuff in our, in our uh, little box, and then they're footlockers and then they're turning it over and our stuff's scattered all <laughs> over the place and then we got to get it and put it together and then put our bunk back together and then they get mad at something else and throw everything back <laughs> out and you do this for like four hours you're just throwing you're like i just stuff. folded that underwear yes <laughs> and you're just throwing everything all over the place and they're yeah. yelling and screaming at you the entire time calling you everything you could ever you know i mean they they are saying things to you at this point in time which according to my mother are never appropriate <laughs> right <laughs> You know, and they're just, I mean, they're just every hot button issue they can yeah. find about you. Yeah. They're just, they're tapping it and hitting you. And, and it's just complete confusion. At first, you're just like in shock. But af- after four hours of this, you're just like, when's lunch? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, like, and, and it's for when you do that for just uh, over and over again, it, you, you've, you, you finally just, I, I think at some point in time, I think every Marine, and if you're really going to succeed at it, you just kind of learn to just detach yourself from the stress. Absolutely. And then you stop stressing. And that's once you get over that part, then it's easy to do your job because right. you're not freaking out about it. You just do what you got to do the way you got to get it done, however you get it done. And that's a great that's a great lesson for for anyone in life, right? right. And you know, uh, one thing about uh, I love about stand up comedy is that you've got to be able to get up there in front of an audience and deliver, and you've uh, you got to be just standing focused. there is stressful. Just standing <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. You know, most people yeah. they would be absolutely. This is the one thing I always keep in mind is the you know, audience. Ninety nine percent of those people in that audience are scared to death to get up and do what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when you get up there and you kind of show fear, well, they can smell it. 
and they'll take they'll pounce on you, you know, because one, they don't have the guts to do what you're doing. Right. right? But then if you get up there and you don't do it well, it kind of gives them some confidence. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that guy can't do it either. Right. You ever you ever invite a heckler up on stage to stand next to you and go, all right, now you go ahead. Here's five minutes. Uh, I have, but I haven't, none of them have taken me up on yeah, it. Right? Yeah, right. I, I would that's imagine that's what you really, if you really want to do this, come on up. Yeah. No, that's what you're for. Yeah, yeah, I am. That's what I am for, and that's what everybody paid to come and see me do this, not right. you. Exactly. I'm just trying to help. Oh, you aren't. <laughs> I don't need your help. I've yep. been doing this for 20 years. I, I don't. I, I don't. My career isn't based on. Hey, can I get some half drunk idiot to sit yeah. in the front row? And <laughs> That's not my, I'm sorry, but that's not my career. Right? <laughs> well, it's just like you don't – well, I always try to think of it as like a, a stand-up comic is is like a pilot. You, you're, they, they are in the cockpit. The stage is the cockpit. They know how to take off. They, there, will, there might be some turbulence. There might be a smooth ride. You might have a quick layover. I don't know, but you know how to land a plane too. So, like, you don't bother the pilot while when, – when you're a passenger on a plane, you're not bothering the pilot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you don't go knocking the door. Right. Just to, Hey, uh, I thought you handled that turbulence uh, kind of a little kind right. of weak. <laughs> you want some, or yeah, you want some critique after after the flight? Hey, would you like some critique on your on your flying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you're you're a little choppy at twenty thousand feet. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> you know the you know the almonds that you guys give out. Uh, ginger ale was a little flat too as well. Eh. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, that. That reminds me of one of my favorite stories in comedy. I, don't know. I was. Uh, do, do you remember the old West Valley Club? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, that's yeah. There's a Patrice. So anyway, uh, we were doing a show. We used to do these shows called Sunday Night Specials, and okay. it was. We're starting to bring them back in West. West really? West. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But this show was uh, kind of. It was a showcase of all kind of the real strong local talent, and it was the show you wanted to be on because yep. it was always packed. And it was a go for everything. Uh, this was a chance for you if you wanted to experiment with stuff. This was this was the show to do it, you know. So we we had all kinds of we'd do skits, we'd have music, we'd just uh, it was even just games crazy. with the audience, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Game, so it was just fun, it free was for just all, a fun show. So I I was emceeing, and uh, we had about seven comics on the show, and afterwards. We're all kind of standing in the uh, lobby area as people are walking by and they're shaking their hands and you guys are a great show. This was fun. And this one lady comes up and she, she stops at each comic. She says, <laughs> you were so funny. I love this bit about your mother, blah, blah, blah. Next comic, you were so funny. That story about your sister. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, that whole thing about being in a car wash. Oh, yeah. Just gushing on every single comic. And then she gets to me. I'm last in line. She looks at me and goes, my nachos were cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that's usually okay. That, that's that's usually how comedy is, though. There's always that one. There's always that one There's that wants to. And you still have a chip on your shoulder. Huh? <laughs> it, it, yeah. was, well, it was it was really funny because I was just like, I, it, it was one of those moments when she said it, and she was like really serious. I said, "Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'll talk to the wait staff. Well, thank you." But it was a nice evening. Yeah. And she, she walks out. And I'm just like, it was just it clicked in my moment. In my right there in my mind, I was just like, this is one of the greatest stories ever. <laughs> this yes. is, you know, this was probably, what, five, six years ago, probably? This was, uh, well, it was, no, it was when we first, um, got, this was like 2000. 
three. Oh, oh, see, so okay, now this is a good, yeah. this is a good time, and this was I, I could speak on this because I wasn't a comedian yet. I would go, I would go to these Sunday night specials because they had the coupon, and I was a broke airman. I was a broke, I was a broke airman, and we would all pack into like two different cars. We we'd show up like twelve deep. And we see like Scott Bennett on these shows, oh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, uh, Todd Johnson, uh, Tim, um, you obviously, yeah. and we. No, oh, those were good shows, and yeah. they had a, they. It was free entry. All you had to do was buy like two drinks, and you're good. It was a two drink yeah. minimum, and that was it. That was a cheap and date. Sodas were like two bucks, right? That so was that was, was a cheap airman date at the time. That, those were good times. Those were good times, and I eventually uh, watched a few, and I said I could probably do that. So, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah, that's that's the trick is just going and seeing it and going, okay, I can do this. Right. When, so now, all right, going back to you, to your company, were you were you always the funny guy, or um, or just yeah yeah? And what was, what was your job? What was your job? I was a radio operator. My man, yeah. calm, yeah. calm yep. in the building. What's going on? It was fun. Well, it was funny because when I first walked into recruiting station, mm-hmm. um, this is a great story. I don't know if you knew this. But the recruiting station for the Marine Corps was in the space next door to where the Wise Guys was in West Valley. Really? Okay. It was in that, that little strip mall. Right. It was it was like where the stage was, the wall behind it. Right. That was the Marine Corps Depot, Marine Corps recruiting station that I joined the Marine Corps at. For our Massachusetts Air National Guard listeners right now, this is real Utah comedy inside yes, baseball right now. So, so this is just for him. Yeah, this is just for me. But you can you can Google it if you want, but yeah. Wise guys, that comedy club. Yeah, it's a yes. great it's a great yeah. club. It's where yeah, we yeah. both started. So, um, yeah. Uh, so you went in that recruiting office and you were radio radio troop. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I I said, hey, I want to be a chaplain. Really? And they said. Well, that's great, but you got to be enlisted first before you can become a chaplain. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, then uh, they they said, well, what are you going into? And I said, oh, well, you know, at the time I was going into broadcasting, mm-hmm. radio and TV. Uh, I was working on my college degree, so I was like, oh, I'm working on a degree in broadcasting. And they said, oh, well, we'll just put you in communications. There you go. I'm like, okay, great. So I went open communications, thinking they were telling me right. I was going to get, I was going to get do to this do job. This. You guys, <laughs> right. exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Exactly. And so anyway, my first day in boot camp, uh, one of the first things we do, we were all sitting there in this big huge room, and uh, this guy from the Navy comes walking out, and uh, you could tell he wasn't a Marine because he, he was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He gets up there and he starts telling us about why well, he's a Navy chaplain. The Marine Corps doesn't have chaplains; that they, uh, that it's an office that's only run by the Navy. The Navy and so yeah. that's how. So that's when I was like, "Hey, my recruiter lied to me." Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there, there we go. And then uh, later on, down in, uh, oh, I'll, I'll finish this story. This is funny. So this, there's several thousand of us in this big area, right? And so he gets up there, and he's standing in the middle. He's got a little stager, and, uh, and he's telling us about being in Navy. And if you're uh, a Navy chaplain, if you're stressed out, you can request to speak to him. And, all, you know, he's getting us to all that. And then he says, hey, is there anybody here who has a problem with uh, foul language? You know, being me, the mm-hmm. good little Mormon boy from Utah, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is my opportunity. <laughs> 
to, to convert the masses. Um, <laughs> I was like, I raised my hand. He goes, yes. So I stand up, and I said, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it so much. as uh, I just prefer that, you know, not use my Lord's name in vain, God's name in vain. Yeah. And uh, he goes, okay, well, no, what was your name again? Who <laughs> <laughs> called me? Um, Lima Company Turner 36-6. And... And he goes, okay. Yeah, for the next week, I got to hear the Lord's name used in ways <laughs> that may or may not have been in conjunction with uh, various uh, uh, things about my mother. Uh, yeah, it, it was, I was like, okay, I just put a target on myself. Yeah, yep. we have a chaplain downstairs if you want to go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was quite the experience. It, I, it was funny because I remember about uh, about halfway through boot camp, uh, I was talking to another recruit, and uh, uh, and he was talking about how he was laughing mm-hmm. about that guy who said that back then. He didn't remember who it was, right. you know, because at that point in time we all look the same, of course, because sure. you're shaved heads and gotcha. you know you don't put who's who, and right? That. And he starts laughing, and then the other guys start laughing about. That guy was an idiot. And they're just in there like, yeah. <laughs> and then I, fought, I was like, actually, it was me. And they're, you. And then Ed, we had a good laugh, but the same time I had a couple other guys who were like, that was actually pretty ballsy, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, was, I mean, like, fun. you volunteered. <laughs> you volunteered. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a, a constant just, you know, that barrage of just, insanity because you never knew what was going to happen yeah but i i made the re- i made the uh, drill instructor laugh one time mm-hmm. well actually several times but this one in particular <laughs> he's uh he's walking up and down the squad bay right and he's uh yelling at us telling us that we're all you know, a bunch of horrible human beings and that we're a disaster <laughs> in the marine corps and the marine corps is going to fall apart and if any of you actually join the Marine Corps and his job is to get you all to quit because you're all idiots and <laughs> you know he's walking along and, and he's he's kind of coming close to me and he goes uh, you know we'll sit here and we'll play games all afternoon like you know uh, I, I don't care we play games all afternoon and he gets to me and I'm, I've got kind of this half smirk going on you know like you know right. trying to hold it back right you know? yeah and then he stops and he goes Norman, do you want to say something to me? Said, uh, sir, no, no, sir. Norman, you want to say something to me? Said, sir, these, these recruits had nowhere else to go anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just... Oh, he bit me. I mean, he just... I, he, you know, he took me up to the corner deck and just started having me do push-ups. He, could, he had to keep pulling his head right. down. <laughs> yeah, but it just was in hindsight, worth it. Oh, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it just to get the... Did the other recruits, were they, were, were, did you have them going? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Well, I was trying to say it as low as I could so that, you know... Oh. So they, so they wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just kind of... It, it was... You know, because it was about it was for the drill instructor, right. but he heard it and he oh, it was funny. And so that well, one one that's a good story, but um, switching so switching this so now you're out. So when you when you as you transitioned out, right? Because mm-hmm. um, would the comedy come before or after? 
Oh, uh, way, way after. Well, it was it was funny because when I was in, uh, you know, I was in the Marine Corps. I got married. Right. And my wife, uh, well, I'd been pursuing acting all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, school and college and stuff. And so when I was in the Marine Corps, um, we would have friends over all the time. And I would do skits about drill instructors yeah, yeah. all the time. And uh, she used to, I, I used to do one about um, different uh, styles of drill instructors okay. and, you know, how they would. And uh, she was, she would laugh mm-hmm. at this all. And she was like, you need to do stand up. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know how to get started. Right. And she kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And after, after a few years, we'd been, I'd been out of the Marine Corps a while. I went into construction. Right. I was a carpenter for many years. And, and finally my wife took me to a stand up show and I'm sitting there watching this thing and I'm like, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. I could do yeah. this. And uh, when I finally kind of built up the nerve and got a couple minutes of jokes, you know, got about mm-hmm. about a minute and a half of jokes written, found an open mic, got up there, got some half, half-baked half giggles, and I was like, this is it. Yeah, this yeah. is it, yeah. No, I bet it's one of those things where you get hooked really quickly. Oh, yeah. As Absolutely. soon as you get your first laugh yeah. on stage, it's there's just no turning back. It's, it's, like, it's oh. really hard to... And it was it was one of those moments where it was like it was scary, but at the same time, I never felt more at home sure. than on that stage. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, uh, there's just no... There's just nothing that compares to it. And it's just, oh, it was just pure joy. So I have to say around here, um, at least until Jay got into the office... I kind of had a reputation of being the funny guy in the office, right? Uh-huh. And you still so, are. So now I'm trying to adapt to a life as the straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my, you know, going through my whole military career, I had a, a nickname, King of the One-Liners, because I've always got something, you know, yeah. to, to re- respond to Mr. any given Zinger. situation. I'm a zinger guy. Um, but with that said, um, and now, you know, with, with Jay, like this is just, this, this place is going to be an office of joy every moment. Because awesome. of the the, hop, the comedy and the humor, and I I, I feel like you know I, I did twenty seven years in uniform. I've been a civilian in the military in a military organization now for pushing go, getting on going on nine years now. Mm-hmm. One thing that I I know is a, something that's so important to a military organization is humor, not taking things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are times when you have to take everything seriously. But if you don't have any levity in your life while you're serving, it makes it really difficult. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a challenge. So what I wanted to ask you is with uh, the positivity of your messages and, and, and your content, um, what keeps you positive all the time? And, and, you know, would you have any advice to people in uniform that are serving here on trying to keep it light? Quote, unquote. Try, yeah, try to keep it well, light. I think it's just not taking life over seriously. You know, if sure. you get too stressed out, mm-hmm. if you take everything so seriously, like the, everything I do is life and death, even though in your position, it probably is. Yeah. You still have to be comfortable enough to be able to do your job because being stressed out is not going to get anything accomplished. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I have one of the criticisms people have of me is they're like, oh, you're just being positive isn't going to change anything. I'm so, Well, being negative isn't going to change anything either. Right, at least right. I'm having a good time. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least you feel good about yeah. what's, right. what's going and, on. And when you're relaxed and you're comfortable and you're confident, 
you perform better. You know, that's right. why, you know, the laughter really is we, we've studied laughter uh, psychologically and everything. And what we find is that laughter causes you to, to relax. And there's been the theories that the idea came from, the, you know, when you would, back when we would have to run away from saber-toothed tigers and stuff, that when you would escape and you would be, you would survive, you would laugh. Because it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. You would laugh. And so in, in a way, it's physiologically when you laugh, it calms you down. It relaxes you. Well, and I've seen uh, many times where people in stressful situations just will break out into laughter. And, you know, I've always wondered why, but. You know, it's a physiological response to your stress levels, I would imagine, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and, and especially in the military, you develop a real dark sense of humor. Oh, yeah. You know, I know Marines, Marines you know, we, we're, we're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about cancel culture. Just hang out with a, a couple of Marines for, right. a, for an afternoon, and you'll, you'll be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart's never even come close to this. <laughs> right. So yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it says it's uh, humor is essential, right? To to, to really, I mean, it, you you need to laugh, you need to be relaxed, so you can do your job properly. And being stressed out and upset and mad isn't gonna isn't gonna right. make it any better, at right? All. Exactly, well, like, like you alluded to earlier, you know what you know. Uh, people's remarks as far as uh, you know, well, why are you always so rosy? It's not changing anything. Yeah. Well, actually, it is. It's changing yeah. inside. It's changing your yeah. attitude and your position in the situation. Yeah, it's like I, I, I just did. I just did a video uh, a few days ago. Was I said that you know, being positive and optimistic isn't isn't really about changing everything and making everything better. Mm. Um, it's not about expecting everything to be okay. It's knowing that regardless of what happens that you are going to be okay, right. that you're going to get through this. You hope that it's going to improve, but if it doesn't improve, you're still going to be okay. You're strong enough that you can deal with this. You can, you can weather this storm. And that's, that's really what it, it comes down to. And that's why I, I, I try to help people just you know, relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, enjoy the process. Yeah. Enjoy right. the craziness, the insanity of it. Make the most of what, what you've been dealt. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think, and I, when I when I going back to your experience and and just in the service, I mean, I I feel that a lot of veterans in in general are could be com could be comics. I mean, because oh yeah, because it's just like they've sat around and told their story. One, we're like you you you're so used to telling your story. You get a new assignment. You get assigned to a new. Uh, you got you got to move to a different post or a different base. And you got to tell your story all over again. And you're used. To, you're so used to telling that condensed version of your story all the time. So you, at some point, you kind of got it down. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like, and especially with when you have a job that is high stress, you have to find that that extra thing that you do, whether it's you, you're, you're, you're a carpenter, whether you play the guitar or, you know, or you're getting out and you, you paint or something like that, but you have to have that creative outlet to just kind of remember that you're, Hey, I have the mission, but I'm still a person, you know? And, and yeah. so like, and, and through that comedy was kind of like my thing that, that, uh, I found that was able to help me do the mission and then where I can go and just be this, uh, do this other thing, you know what I mean? And just still, be happy. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, you know, to any to, to any veterans that are that are listening or any service members, like I, I encourage you just to find that extra thing 
you know, because it, I, I, I believe, you know, personally that it will definitely help you, you know, with the mission. Oh, absolutely. Even if you don't think that you're a creative person, right. when you start doing creative things, hmm. you, you unlock parts of your, your, your brain and you start thinking differently and you start seeing the world differently. And you don't have to be a great artist. Right. You know, just get out there and make something horrible. Who cares? Just create right. something and have fun. Right. You know, if you always wanted to be a singer, start singing. Yeah. You know, That's who cares great if you sound horrible? Go, go, go sit down and watch karaoke. Tell me you, yeah. anyone cares. <laughs> you know, I, I, one of my favorite things uh, one time, my sister was really into karaoke for a while. And she was like going, she had like this regular places she would go to like every night of the week. She would go, and she had this group that they would all hang out and do karaoke together all the time. Different bars would go to. And she invited me to come with her uh, to a couple of these. And we're sitting at this bar. And um, there was about, there's a core group of about 10 of them. And then there was another 10 that would kind of come and go here and there. But this one core. And there was this one guy on this that would go every single show. She said he was there every single time. And he was horrible. <laughs> he was the worst singer I've ever heard in my time. I was like, how is this possible? He sounds worse than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was so freaking entertaining. Oh, yeah. He it was, was it's just, just a train wreck. He loved yeah. every moment that he was on stage. Every single word that came out of his mouth was a complete disaster. And it was beautiful. Because he was so committed and he just loved it. And he knew he was bad, but he didn't care. He just loved doing it. And I, I, oh, I saw that. I was just like, you know, that's the kind of attitude you really need to have when you do anything. It's just like, yeah, I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I, I'm having a great time. <laughs> you know? That's great. That's great. There's, there are people that are writing this down right now. Like, be horrible. Well, and you do when you start. Well, you know when you start doing comedy, you you have no idea what you're doing. You I get still up don't. And you think, yeah, you get up there and you think, oh yeah, you know, I make my friends laugh all the time. All right, here we go. Okay, well now I'll try to do that at uh, in front of a group of strangers at eight o'clock and get at ten. Right. It's a whole different world. <laughs> yeah. Right, and they right. they're they're already upset because they paid forty dollars for parking. They got a sitter. They got all <laughs> this other stuff that they need to take care of. Oh yeah, it's it's it could be fun. Yeah, and. But you, you, you just you just start doing it. You just whatever it is you're gonna do, just know you're gonna be bad at it. You just get up there and you just be bad at it. And either you'll get better or you won't. But yeah. then at least you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this one guy, you know, he knew he was never gonna go anywhere. He was never gonna be famous as mm. a singer. But man, when he had his two minutes on stage to That's his you know, time. He was gonna knock it out. Yeah. See, and the, the, the few occasions where I actually have stood up, not stand-up comic, but stood up and been tried to have been funny, right? I usually slip into self-deprecation. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, rip it up. That makes people laugh, right? Yeah, it, it right? does. It, it, we all, we all, when we all make fun of ourselves and our, our <laughs> shortcomings, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That's See, I'm really good at that, so that's, uh, that's why I try to stick with it. You try to stick, yeah. you try to stick with that? <laughs> yeah. Be nice well, to you yourself. Know, you, you have to be. It's kind of funny because uh, part of what's happened when, in culture yeah. is that, yeah, it used to be self-deprecating, making fun of yourself was, was a big was a big thing too, you know. I mean, Jerry Lewis. Oh, right. You know, I mean, that was self-deprecating humor was just part of the, part of the, you know, tricks in the bag of the comic. 
But it's funny because the, the way culture has gone now, even even that people would get upset. Right. Because their attitude, you know, it's like uh, you do jokes about your weight. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, used, I used to do jokes about being fat a lot. You, yeah. You, you, I remember. Yeah, I remember yeah. those. I remember your. I remember the, those years. And I would have people who would get mad. Yes, at me they would. Because I did jokes about being fat. I'm like, I'm talking about me. Yeah, but but you can be applied to others who are in the same condition. So you really, you're making fun of them, but sure. you're saying it's through you. So like people mi- can take everything and twist it. So now whatever it is you said, they're going to find a way to make it right. Make horrible. it th- yeah. Take you know? They're going to take your experience <laughs> and make it their own. Yeah. 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 They're gonna say, yeah you say that yeah. about you, yeah. but what you're really saying is about this person too. And it's like, <sighs> Wow. Yeah, wow. Okay. You showed up to a comedy club with a yeah, with, without you? a sense of humor. Oh yes, no. Right. <laughs> oh no. Well, I, I it was funny cuz uh, uh being an MC, that's where you learn how to be a comic. That's this oh, is true. Yeah. So yeah, if you're listening, be a host and MC first. Yes. And because that's where you learn how to start in front of an audience cold and that's you get them going and everything. And it was in that's these work. days that I developed my fa- my favorite opening line as a comedian. And I use this all the time now. It's become even more relevant is that I tell people, I said, look, I, we get into comedy because we love people. We love entertaining. We love making people laugh. This is what we do. This right. is who we are. And so I just want you to know, if at any point in time tonight, you are offended by anything that is said or done by me or any other comedians, please, from the bottom of my heart, please know. It's because you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> That's great. I've seen you do this intro many <laughs> times. <laughs> oh so um, we're going to start wrapping it up because I don't want to keep you here all day. I know you got mm-hmm. a gig and you probably want to take a little bit of a break before you go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I was lurking on your website mm-hmm. and I saw a concept and I, I, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but um, I'd like you to explain it a little bit if you'd like. Um, you're nobody special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I yeah. want to talk about that because you're it done. was... And, and I read it, I read the paragraph there, and it, and it talked about exactly what I was feeling when I read that statement. So I know exactly what it mean, but then you turned it around, and I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. But if you could, for the audience, uh, explain that well, concept it was, it a little was bit. Funny. Well, the, the, the video that that came from, it was, it was interesting, because I was, I was making a happy birthday video for somebody, you know, just wishing yeah. their friend happy birthday. And so I had the camera, everything set up in my backyard, and... And uh, I finished up with that one, and then I was going to make another video um, for somebody else, and I thought, well, I'm going to change so I have a different background. And mm-hmm. So I go to move the camera, and when I went to grab it, I, I hit the record button. So I'm looking at the camera, and it started recording, and I thought, oh, why not? I'm already here. Yeah. yeah. And so I, just, I was already in character, and so I started talking about how you know life is, everybody's stressed out, all this, you might think that, you know, the world's crashing in and the universe is full, hates you and both things. Says, but really, you're you're nothing special. Right. <laughs> We're all going through the same thing. Right. Every single one of us right. has got all these problems that you have in your life. We may not be going to the same degree or being going through at the same time, but every single one of us is having the same experience. Mm-hmm. We're all, have, this is all horrible for everybody. <laughs> so just calm down. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because I I, I, I I finish off the video and I, 
one rule that I have is that, that I learned from that video in particular was that the more ridiculously stupid, the more likely I need to post it. Right. Yeah. So as soon as I'm done with a video, if I go, I don't like that, that's the one I post uh. as quickly as I can get it up. Counterintuitive. <clears throat> and so I, I, I posted that video, and all of a sudden people just start quoting, hey, you're nothing special. I love this. And I'm going, what? The, what? One of the th- and then I had people would get mad at me. How dare you say this? God loves everyone. And uh, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know the 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 intent of it is is really is that, like I said, we're all going through the same experience. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. you're not singled out by the universe. The right. universe does not hate you. God right. does not hate you. Mm-hmm. Nobody hates you. Most people don't even think about you enough to even have an opinion about <laughs> you. So what do you care? Right, right. And we're all this together. I yeah, mean, we're every know? everybody has bills. Everybody has health problems. Everybody has problems with their relationships. Every, every Everything that you think is just you, that you're the only one who has had all this experience. No, you're, you're nothing special. We've all had the same. Mm, we're all going right. through the same crap. And uh, that has become, really become one of my, I, I don't know if you had the, your catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of my, my first ones was, you're nothing special, which, um, it's and I've, I've had people who, ba- I, I didn't, I didn't want to make t-shirts with this. Thing, right. But people kept begging me to make them, <laughs> so now we do, and it's one of my best-selling t-shirts. Exactly. When you're a comic and you have merch, oh, yeah, you got to. Oh, it's it's yeah. a great message. It really yeah. is. I mean, you just have to look just beyond. The veil. Just yeah, when you see, when you when you understand what's being really said, right. it's like, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not being singled out. Nobody hates me. This is just life. Yeah. And it's a great way to identify the people with no humor. <laughs> You know, yeah. like you're nothing special. If they don't laugh, they're obviously the enemy. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I, I had that's bold, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm just, the enemy. No, I'm just so I, I had a, I had a kid in, uh, he was junior high school, wore the t-shirt to school, and they made him go home. No, and took it off. And uh, a teacher came to his defense. And she actually bought a T-shirt, started wearing it herself. Wow, good for her! And so the kid, let, they let the kid wear it because she explained, "Look, you got to watch the video." And yeah. they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Because they they thought it was being negative, and it was like, "Oh no, it's the." That's the brilliant thing I think of my character is the, the ability to say horrible things in a very fun, positive yeah. way. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And just judging by the by the content, I mean, I'm sure you get all, every every. I, I got to watch to the end. A lot of times, people are like, "Oh, skip, skip, skip." You're riveting. <laughs> oh, well, thank you're, you. you're riveting. Well, uh, yeah, because he finds himself in random locations, and he's just doing that's just just because honestly, okay, real quick, because I know we're gonna wrap this up, but like honestly, there would be times where you're in the desert or just in the middle of the salt flats, and I'm like, the it was like one of the first videos I I was like I thought you were like stranded, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like I was like I was like because I was just like oh. I text, I text, I was like, yo, I don't think Rodney's doing that great. Like, it's like, and then all of a sudden it started popping off for you. And, that, and, that, and I think that's awesome, man. And so, you know, and it just, just, this is, this is great. And I'm, I'm just couldn't be uh, more happy for you, man. So oh, well, you thank know, you. I hope you have thank a good you. show tonight. How, how long are you in town for? Um, just, uh, just here on the, here on the Cape. Just here yeah. for the night. Okay, all but, right. But uh, I'll be back. Yeah, you're yeah. always you're always out here. If I you, love it out here. If uh, how can people find you if if they want to um, anything uh, you want to plug? 
Uh, yeah, RodneyNorman.com. It's mm. got all my all my uh, links to all my other stuff. I'm on I'm on all four of the major platforms. Oh, fantastic! Okay, yeah, he's, you'll and find MySpace. Yeah. Yes, I still have, I still have a MySpace <laughs> Link, account. LinkedIn and LinkedIn. <laughs> I have two LinkedIn accounts. Pinterest, oh, nice. Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest. I do have okay. a Pinterest account. Yeah, all right. Yeah. No, you can find RodneyNorman.com, and uh, man, just uh, just. For me, to, for me to you, this is this is actually like just real fun. Just the fact that you know I, you were definitely one of my comedy mentors, you know, coming up. And it me, honestly, I mean, it means a lot that you could just show up here and uh, be here today. And and now here I am, clear across the on the other side of the ocean, uh, and just. I, it's 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 crazy that it's surreal that I get to talk to you. And this is my job right now, so I couldn't I couldn't uh, be more happy. Just and, and well, excited I, for you, man. So as, thank as you. I like to tell people I'm an, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and it's a it's a, a pleasure uh, to be a part of your journey, my friend. Uh, thank the, you for having me. The, hey. mar- the Marine Mellow Fellow, Ronnie. Yes. Keep keep being awesome. Yeah. Well, you too, my friend. <laughs> thank oh, you, man. This is great. This is great. This is a good day. This is a good day. Thanks, man. All right. Before we go, here's a preview of our other podcast, Chevrons. From junior enlisted to senior leaders and those in between, we interview notable individuals to address everyday challenges and hurdles the enlisted force faces. In this episode, Chief Master Sergeant Chuck Powers, National Guard Bureau Legislative Liaison, serving at the Pentagon, joins us in a discussion about balancing work and personal time, taking advantage of opportunities, and the importance of mentorship. Chief Powers also talks about how he ended up in such a unique position, working in our nation's capital, and how his role as legislative liaison impacts both the NGB and Air National Guard overall. Um, So it was kind of, you know, I was trying to find my way uh, as as a young airman, so it was it was difficult to to really understand what a work life balance was because uh, you know when I joined the Air Force it was uh, you know after September 11th happened it was all about being ready uh, being ready and getting ready to deploy and guess what happened when you deployed you deployed and that was that was a constant. Um, that was just constant. You were just totally focused on your deployment at the time. Uh, you came back from deployment. You know, they gave you probably a week or two off and you were getting ready for your next deployment. Um, so the first few years, um, you know, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know until after the fact, you know, when, until I got to New York, looking back, I didn't really have that work-life balance. I didn't give myself the time I needed to really find myself and who I was. Mm. Um, that that took some time, and and I had some really good mentors uh, in New York, some some pretty good leaders that you know made me realize, hey, yeah, you, you're great at what you're doing, but what are you doing for yourself, and what are you doing? Uh, to take care of yourself. Where is that work-life balance? And that, and that's the, the first time I really heard that. I remember um, a chief at the time, uh, you know, we were coming back from our, our second deployment, or actually my first deployment with the New York Guard. Um, and uh, he says, what are you doing for yourself? You, you have been nonstop. Uh, and he made me realize that. And, and so that work-life balance didn't start and probably until about my eighth year um, 
in the military. And and what I really started doing is is one, I started with, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have this uh, you know regimented schedule of I, I'm not staying late unless obviously the mission needs me to stay late. I'm I'm gonna have a uh, a, a gym schedule and I'm going back to school. I need to really develop my my educational skills a little bit more as well. And and that's how I started doing that and, and really separating uh, work life and um, personal life because uh, you know well that that chief always told me he says hey uh, th- this job is going to be here tomorrow uh, what what are you doing and then what are you doing 20 years from now um, what you do now could dictate some of those things that you do 20 years from now and I, I am so glad he had that conversation thanks for listening to the seagull Enjoy what is left of the summer. See you back here for the August RSD. Did you know that August is National Sandwich Month? Purportedly, the sandwich got its name from 18th century aristocrat, the Earl of Sandwich, who was a big fan of the tasty and convenient meal. Although named in the 18th century, the concept of wrapping meat or other fillings in some sort of bread has been around nearly as long as bread has been a thing. According to popular lore, NASA astronaut John Young smuggled a corned beef sandwich on board of Gemini 3. He and fellow astronaut Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Gus Grissom shared the sandwich during the mission, much to the chagrin of NASA officials. Amused, Grissom later said of the event, After the flight, our superiors at NASA let us know in no uncertain terms that non-man-rated corned beef sandwiches were out for future space missions. But John's deadpan offer of this strictly non-regulation goodie remains one of the highlights of our flight for me. For more news from the 102nd Intelligence Wing, visit our website at www.102iw.ang.af.mil slash links or search for 102iw on any major social media platform.